Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. On this episode, I have a friend of mine, Sid North, who is a YouTuber, He is actually on the podcast in the early, early, early days, episode number three. So if you're interested in checking out his sort of story, go back to that one. This one's more of a general chat. We have a discussion about what came at Geneva last week and what Sid's been up to in the last year or so. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes or your sort of platform of choice and leave a review, star rating, all that sort of stuff helps spread the podcast to more people. And if you're interested in watching the video version of the podcast, the videos have now moved to a different channel on YouTube. I'm separating it from my other stuff. It's just the Car Chat podcast. If you search that on YouTube, you should find the new channel. And all future videos will be there. I'm Not every podcast is going to be video broadcasted, but I'm going to do a reasonable amount. and They will all appear on the new YouTube channel. Anyway, enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Car Chat Podcast and with me today I have Mr. Sid North who used to be known as Sideways Sid. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I'm still called Sideways Sid. And if you've not come across Sid before, we did a podcast and I was looking back and I was like, I was chatting to Sid on like a couple of days ago and then looked back and went, God, you, you came on the podcast early days, it was it was podcast number three. Really? Now was, on, oh, wow. 35 or something like that. And so I'm the OG. You are OG. Oh, that podcast. So if, if you've never come across Sid, maybe go listen back to that first or number three podcast. Yeah. And we sort of talk about, you know, Porsches, lots how, of Porsches. Lots of Porsches and kind of how you got to here now. But because we've done that podcast, we don't need to, I don't need your life story again, basically. Mate. No, no. Mind <laughs> you, I, I don't think it's changed. People said, oh, you know, has it changed from Sideways to Sid North? Are you still sense? No. Why did you change from Sideways Sid to Sid North? 
Um, professional reasons. I think. I professional think reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's let's work some of these professional reasons out. No, it's, no. so sideways said how it formulated from the beginning was I had a PlayStation, well, still have a PlayStation account called Sideways Sid. And on the PlayStation 4, you could basically, whatever you were playing at the time, so Dirt, Gran Turismo, which was for me. Yeah, you needed a name. Yeah, you needed a name, Sideways Sid. But what you could do then is share it onto YouTube. Yeah. And then YouTube will make your username, that name, what's on your account, Sideways Sid. So when I decided to start making videos back when I had a Fiesta ST, it was just called Sideways Sid. And that was it. That was literally it. And it was like uh, that for a while. It was like that for, yeah, three, three years, three, four mm. years. And then um, I decided this, this world of crazy YouTube names, I, th- I feel like it's going to go out of fashion very, very soon. <laughs> it's like Ice Cube and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, just, just some corny. It just sounds like a really corny felled, I don't know, rap star, which, I, which I'm not. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just leave it. And also, did you feel that because you were called Sideways Sid, there was then pressure to be sideways in yes. every single video? Every single video, people were expecting it. And it was like, oh, I can't. I can't do it all the time. I don't have the cash to go to a track every day. Yeah. And, do and I'd say, skids. I don't know whether you had last time on the podcast. So that was September 2018 yes. was when you were here last time. And it it might have been around about that time, but I basically you decided to go legit. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, like, yeah legit. Yeah, You had a lot of videos of honing around on inverted commas private roads. Yes. And yeah. there are a lot less now because, you know, it's, it's well, difficult to do. I'll t- I tell you that there was a certain incident uh, that happened to a, a, a YouTuber, which we are friends of, which really made me go... Well, if he got done for it, they're going to have a field day with me and they're yeah. going to send me off to Guantanamo Bay. So I was like, <laughs> delete, 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 yeah, delete, this delete. guy got, someone you'll have come across, but he got pulled up for a video that he posted online mm. and they extrapolated a lot of stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's 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 a bit complicated. It, but it was horrible. But basically, yeah. he got a speeding fine based on one of his videos. And yeah, like, he got a speeding okay. fine based on one of his videos. And it, and it was horrible. It, it's it, it's sad because, you know, anyone would have gone and done that. But yeah, I mean, but unfortunately, I think someone basically was out to go and get I him. I think someone was out to get him. It was a bad decision on his, his part to put up the video. But the video was also sped up. So it, it all get it all gets very complicated. But someone was tricky. after him. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of woke me up a little bit. I was like, can't do this. And I also, it was a bit cringy as well. Like when you go up to manufacturers and press offices, and at the time, obviously, I was getting press cards and yeah. all sorts, really. But when you say, "What's your channel name?" Sideways Sid, they're like, "Oh God, is he gonna <laughs> is he gonna wreck our car?" And it's like, "Well, no, I won't." <laughs> I'm called Sideways Sid because I'm good at it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good at it. So yeah, I had to. I had to live by my name. So it was. It's good. And don't get me wrong. I love doing it, but I just don't do it as often. And not just that. There's other parts of cars I love. Yeah. Other than just going sideways, you know. So it's. Yeah. I changed it to Sid North, which is great because then the pressure's off. I can pretty much upload what I like about cars. Yeah. Doesn't have to be going sideways, but 
every time I do upload a video going sideways, those videos tend to do better. <laughs> so it's you, you can't win, you can't win. But uh, yeah, no, it's good to good to be back on here though. Yeah, Thanks no, it's me. been a while. We we talk on the phone every now and then. Yeah, for like Sid will call me up when he's I don't know driving me somewhere. Yeah, like driving. three hours later I get off the phone. Like said, no, really, I do have to go. I was doing something. <laughs> yeah, you was doing something. I was just bored. I was on my way up to probably Leicestershire or somewhere. So far. since you came on last time. I would say you've probably done quite a lot. Yeah, quite a bit, yeah. Quite a bit. I I have a list of some things. Did I? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe talking points. Mm. You got rid of your Cayman. Yes. Which was a car, I would imagine you would say, you loved and you thought was amazing. To a degree. To a degree. Why did you get rid of it? A Cayman GT4, the second one. Mm. Why did you get rid of that car? And why did you not love it anymore? I'll tell you why. Because... Porsche UK lent me a car called a 991 GT3. <laughs> and immediately when that car left, it made me realise what a proper motorsport engine and a proper motorsport car it's is. It's the engine, isn't it? Well, that's that a significant part of it. But it's also the manual box. I mean, the, the six-speed manual in the Cayman GT4 is, is a fantastic unit. And obviously the Cayman GT4 is an entry-level Porsche GT car. But the moment I had that... GT3 for for the week. We went off to Knockhill, which we've already discussed in the previous podcast. It just made me realise, yeah, that's the car I want. Yeah. And it slightly made me fall out of love with the GT4 a little bit. It's a shame, that sort of thing, isn't it? It, it, it happens. It, it's happened to everyone in their motoring life. You You have something which you think is the absolute nuts at the time. Then you go try something out or have a little bit of a taster yeah. of it, and you immediately fall out of love. It's just human condition. It's, it's a shame. And it's, it's a, it's, I think that's a good sort of warning sign. If you are very happy mm. with any... I think this could span across like all categories. Yes. Let's yeah. say like your house, or your car, or your phone, or... Your watch. Yeah, watch, whatever. or anything. If you can avoid looking at all of the media around the new versions and the new things or, you know, a house, go and look at some crazy houses, watch a YouTube video or watch. There's like a new watch out, blah, 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 blah. If you can avoid digging into those things, you are actually so much happier because you don't know that there's something better or, you know, perceived better out there. And driving driving better cars is dangerous. Because yeah. if you can't afford it, you're still going to want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'll probably try and work out how you can get it. And this is, and if it's if it's in that bracket where it's like, it's a bit more than you should spend, you're going to find a way of doing it. Yeah. Which is expensive. And, and, I'm, and I'm not really a reality person. I still live at home. So I, I, can, I can almost go, <laughs> I want it. I'll do it. And it's probably not the wisest thing. But, you know, you, that, unfortunately, that's what happens when you test cars out. You just drive lots of things, and, and you end up wanting driving yeah. a lot of different cars all the time. Yeah. So, and and every once in a while, not all of them. I go, I want one, but all of them, or one of them, and the GT3 is still the car two years on that I go, yeah, yeah, that's the that's the car I want. But then I got rid of it for a McLaren 12C. You did, yeah. yeah. What a mess! On an absolute disaster for a week. Was, no, you two were, weeks. You were on high. Yeah. You're like, Sam, this is the best thing I've... It was. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and do you know what? Everybody's been asking this uh, this question about it. So, got rid of the Cayman GT4, and I and I spoke to you about it. I was like, do you know what? I quite fancy cars that are 10, 11 years old, that are sort of the same price as a C63 or an M3. And McLaren 12 scenes 
like most McLarens, were at a point where it was like sub 60 grand. So I got a good offer on the Cayman GT4, which I was like, right, that's time to go because obviously 718 GT4 arrived. So it was kind of like that move. It was like, well, if I want to keep this Cayman GT4, I have to keep it for the next five years, which I wasn't so sure. Yeah, that's a long time. It's a long time. And that meant that I wouldn't be able to afford or have a GT3. So that was another thought in my mind because mm. I was like, I want a GT3. That's the, that's the next move. So I was like, what can I do in between? 12C. The residuals were good. Looked at the balloon because I financed my cars. And I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for them. So bought a 2012 30,000 mile in grey McLaren MP4 12C from a garage called GVE and had it for two weeks. It was my only car, by the way. So I drove this every day, day and day out at work as well, because at the time I was working in sales. So my commute to work was 32 miles, <laughs> so 64 miles a day. Driving it, fantastic. It was a great daily car. You know, there were a few issues, but I was like, I know I'm getting myself into. Thing, yeah, yeah, but it had all the stamps and service history to go with it. But um, turns out on the last bank holiday of the summer, <laughs> I was driving back from Bristol for a brand. It was with Turtle Wax and uh, stopped at a friend's house, Aaron, Aaron Edgeworth, Baby Gorilla, because it was his birthday party. And then I decided to drive home and, yeah, it's decided to cut out. But it made an awful <laughs> rattle, like a awful, awful <laughs> Something's rattle. broken noise. Well, do you remember in Top Gear when Clarkson's Maserati just decided yeah. to sound like a canal? It did that. So I immediately shut the engine off and turns out there was a comrade that decided to let go. It it didn't blow up the engine as such, but it, it needed... It a, to, yeah. Well, it needed a rebuild. So I immediately was like... It was such a shame because I had an idea of let's make content on it. It was going super well. Mm. And I was thinking, brilliant, this 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 could go down really well. Do some track content, do a couple of other bits. But then I immediately realised that this car wasn't the car that I thought it would be. And also I found out that the car that apparently had service history and service stamps from McLaren, that didn't. Oh, it, it didn't see a service for five and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah, and turns out the oil was completely black. So, yeah, I, it, it was a uh, yeah. It, you know, I'm not calling like uh, well, I'm not calling out, but the garage I bought it from, I was yeah. basically lied. So I was like, it's got to go. So, you know, it was a bit of a tussle here and there, but I got rid of it. Yeah, which I was, was quite surprised. I thought, oh, this is going to take longer than I expected. And then I went in between a few other cars. Then, but it was it was it was a shame really because the idea was, and I've told you about this, was to buy a car. For the same price, a supercar for the same price as a BMW M3 or a C63. Mm. See what it's like to live with, and I, I didn't even get for a month. Yeah, but I put a ton of miles on it. I put about over thirteen hundred miles in the car. Yeah. Really enjoyed it, loved it. But yeah, it was just I bought a dog. Yeah, it is what it is, and unfortunately, that's if you buy cars often, you tend to walk into it happens a bad occasionally. One. Yeah, so really, it's, it's funny because the new nine eleven turbo came out yeah. last week or something. And a friend of mine who has a 12C, mm. we're in our discussion, he was like, brought up the performance figures of the new 911 Turbo S, and then just brought up his 12C, the performance figures, and was like, this is why I've still got the 12C. Because the 12C is still, still, 
faster oh, yeah. than the new 911 Turbo oh, yeah. S. Oh, it, it's, it, that was one of the problems with the 12C. It's too fast, but it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it spits flames. I mean, the naught the to 100 time is just like crazy. seven seconds or something ridiculous. And we're like two generations on from yeah. there now. Yeah, I know. And that's a two-wheel drive car as well. I saw yesterday mm. 720S. Oh, hundred and thirty thousand pounds. That's an awful. And amount of someone I know, money. we were joking. Someone I know who's got a seven twenty S. We were like, hey, "Look, mate, we know you're going to tell us it's the luxury, not the performance version or whatever, but it's a seven twenty S, and it's now one hundred thirty thousand yeah, pounds. Yeah. No matter what spec it is, pulse spec, whatever, it's yeah. one hundred thirty grand. That's crazy for that amount of performance. That is just that was a, nuts. That was a twenty. I think it was an early one. So it's like seventeen car, but wow." And it's it, it's ridiculous. And and do you know what? McLaren as a brand and, and and the product and the way they do things is is crazy. Okay, they have got reliability issues and all that sort of stuff. I don't want to go too much to the negativity, but I love the brand and I love what what they do. But like for the fact that you have a seven twenty S for one hundred and thirty grand is, I mean that's that's nine nine two C four S money. Yeah, like a which fully is known, mental. Yeah, you get yourself one of them, which looks like a spaceship. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> mental. Crazy. Like, how low is it going to go? This is what I want to know. How low can a seven twenty S go in value? Can it go to sub a hundred grand? Well, if a twelve C got to sixty five, oh my god, is is it possible that seven twenty S? I I find that absolutely mind blowing. I can't. I don't. Think the idea that a seven twenty S, like a nice spec one, even one hundred and thirty grand at one hundred and fifty grand, I think they're amazing value. One hundred and thirty, one hundred and twenty. You're like, hang on a minute. Like, there's a lot of other cars that are significantly inferior in, you know, all sort of perceivable ways, other than, you know, you might worry about panel gaps or something. But like a new 991, that must be 110, 992, sorry, must be 110 grand. Oh, yeah, easy. Like a C2S. Yeah, C2S with, you know, So for 120, 130 for a 720s a car that was over two hundred thousand pounds new a fully fledged supercar the fastest car pretty much you can buy at the moment yeah that is insane <laughs> literally in, in, insane and you know obviously we're at a, at a point now where the market the car market and the supercar it's market tough time. it's at its low so it's a good time to buy yeah but you do think, well, oh, all right, I buy a 720S. At what if it drops grand. another 20? Well, exactly. I, can it go to Which I grand? think is killing the, this yeah. is what's killing the prices at the moment because everybody looks at it and goes, okay, a 720S is 150. You, mm. you could seem to be able to get quite a few for that 150, 160 now. That yeah. sort of amount of money. Obviously, there's this one for 130. But you go, well, if they're coming down, I don't want to take a massive hit on it. Of course I would not. like to buy it near the bottom. And you have to, I think people have to find in their head what's the the value to them that they would buy it. Yeah. But then you you also, I mean... And you're like, well, if I just wait three months, it might go down. If it starts going up again, fine, I'll buy one. You've got to go in buying a car because I feel like there are a few people, me included and you included, no one wants to lose money in a car, but you are going to spend money no matter what. Servicing, fuel, running costs, you're going to spend money. So if you could break evens at least, and all you've paid well, you is break even on a car is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So I want to know where the seven twenty S is going to end. I think if it's sub a hundred grand in the next two years, they're, they're actually they're, 
There will be a 720S sub 100. Yeah, there will be. In two years' time. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, a high mileage, whatever, there will be one. Whether the most of them sit at that level, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. You, you will get those surprised. egotistical guys who have spent, a, you know, £250,000 and got this MSO special paint where they just, <laughs> they're in denial because they, they've lost so much money. But then the way I see it is, is well, if you've lost a ton of money, just use it. Yeah. You, you, you're in it now, so you just might as well. Just keep it three years. If it's great, it as just long keep as you it. Like. If, you, if you're 100 grand upside down, why, why, why sell it? Just keep, just drive it. They're yeah. good cars. They're good cars. They're good cars. Incredible performance. They look cool. They look cool. They ride well. It's, 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 I prefer it to a 488. I mean, yeah, definitely. You know, a 488 does seem a bit Pretty dull. Vanilla. To, yeah, it's a bit now, dull. I imagine, okay, I haven't driven a 488, but, and I'm sure you get out of it and wouldn't go into vanilla, but like, you compare it to a 720S and it's like same, same, but 720S is a lot more punchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same, same, but different sort of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that infamous line. But, uh, yeah. No, I think 720S is the car to go, but it's also the car that you could still lose quite a lot of money. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, have you seen 570Ss? Some of them are like yes. 85 grand. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's, that's and crazy. then you get to the situation where the other car's coming down. So if a 720S is coming down, a 570S has to be worth less. Yeah. It has to be, even if it's a good car and it's really quick. Yeah. Well, what about the McLaren GT? <laughs> do, you, do you know? So a certain person in McLaren has told me about this. Do you know how many they've sold, including orders worldwide, since the debut of that car? So when did that come out? About eight, nine months ago. Do you ago? know any idea what their normal sales are in a year no i don't know does it like i don't they it, probably do they pretend. sell five thousand cars a year do they sell ten thousand cars a year do they sell two thousand cars a year we don't know they're just all stuck in I dealerships don't, i don't know <laughs> just but, slowly filling this is, but, or put it this way right okay this i'd is, say a couple of hundred let's say less than 80 80 i saw one i saw one on the road i was in brighton oh really and it it didn't look like it was a it's not looking in my eyes it's, 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 you know, it is what it is. Do you know what it reminds me of? It's not significantly different, I think, a proposition from a 720S. You look at a 720S and you can fit. There's not a, a lot more you can fit in a McLaren GT. They'll probably argue you can, but not tons more than in a 720S. 720S is, like, looks better, goes faster. But the thing is, do you know what that car reminds me of? It reminds me of the Aston Martin Virage. Remember when Aston Martin yeah, decided to yeah, make that yeah. car, which meant to be in between a DV9 and a DVS, yeah. and that's what the McLaren GT sort of, on spec looks like to me and it's just like a mid-engine gt maybe, car doesn't make maybe sense. if i was in the market for buying a new 720s mm. i would look at the mclaren gt and go i would consider one of them and yeah. i think there's probably very good lease deals on these things now but i just don't for me personally i just literally just don't look at any of those cars and go i'd buy that new when there's a, when there's one on Auto Trader, a 720s for 130 grand. Yeah, well, there's why a bunch would you for 150. Want to buy a why would you spend yeah. 200 plus? And, and there's no difference. There's no like update difference. No, and all these cars like that. that are for sale have got like a thousand miles in them. The thing is, it's it's quite scary what how McLaren. I mean, this is turning into a McLaren podcast, but it's quite scary, isn't it? Because they produce so many units, but they end up being left in dealerships. It's tough. It's, they must. They must really internally be 
banging their heads and going, what What are we doing? Like, How can Ferrari still sell and maintain values even though they're pumping out cars and our cars are not? Well, Porsche do it. Porsche pump out so many cars. You don't see that. And, and we're not talking just sports cars. They do SUVs. They do saloons. Yeah, but I think you can sort of remove those from okay, this particular them. market. Yeah, all right, okay. But yeah, you buy a normal 911, a C2S or something, Yeah, it holds its value reasonably well. Well, even a, forget a C2S, just a Bogo Carrera, they hold their money, right? Yeah. Like, they lose money, but they then they money. are a sports car and they are a Bogo sports car. Yeah. So I guess this is probably the situation where the, the high-end manufacturers are going, okay, well, we're just going to make special editions which is, I think, what they've how they've sort of killed their run-of-the-mill, inverted commas, models, because people go, well, the 720S is the Bogo model, and therefore it's going to lose money. Yeah. Whereas if I buy one of the limited ones, which aren't that limited, mm. like they're limited, but they make a lot of them, like a 600LT, a lot of people will go, I'll just have a 600LT over even a 720S because it's probably going to hold its value better. But... but- but I still, I still think they did, they don't either, do they? Oh, they're, they're better than the 720. Oh, really? Definitely. Okay. And you're like, I'll just wait until the 765 LT comes out or buy a 675 LT or just like people that own... These special editions are not that hard to get hold of. No. Whether it's a Pista, most people could get a Pista if they wanted. And that's now reflective, I think, in Pista pricing. I don't think they have a massive premium. I don't no, think they at don't. all. Uh, they they don't at all. S, like let's say your Lamborghinis, like an SVJ, they're not. There's not. I think if you had an SVJ right now and you paid a list, you're not in a good place. No, no. Like, you might get your money back, but you're definitely not the guy where you were bought, two years ago, yeah. hundred grand up. Or the guy who bought the Urus is in a better place than the guy who bought the SVJ. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. Like your Urus is doing. Yeah, like you see them like selling for still up near list. Yeah, for ten thousand mile Urus. There's a bunch of cool Audis that look very similar to a Urus now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's called the RSQ8. RSQ8, <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is like 50 grand less or 60 grand less. But Doesn't uh, have a badge. Well, yeah, to finish off with McLaren, I mean, I mean that 765 LT, that's a, that's a bit of a beast. I mean, God knows what that thing's like. Mm. I mean, a 720S. Have you ever driven one? No. It's, it, it's I just, would like to. Yeah, it's uh, shit yourselves fast. Yeah. It is ridiculous. It just... Anything that you think of in a supercar, in a modern day supercar, yeah. that's mid-engine and two-wheel drive, the abilities that thing does is is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. So what the hell does a 765 LT does? It's what, 755 horsepower? Something yeah. ridiculous. And the nought's 120 time. Mental. Six and they've che- yeah, and they've, they've made all the gearing shorter. Yeah. Done a bunch of mad stuff. We had a conversation the other day about someone was saying, I don't understand these special edition like track versions of cars because like what's the point? The the normal cars so fast and whatever. And from my experience, and I still haven't driven a 720 and well, I obviously haven't driven the 765, but from the special track e versions of cars that I've driven, mm. so let's say my RS or the next RS or Porsche RS cars. They are more involving than the standard car on a road. Yep. So a 997 G3 RS, 996 RS, whatever, 991 RS, uh, McLaren 675 LT. McLaren 675 LT versus a 650S is like a, just a different ball game. 
One of them is amazing, and the other one's like, it's a very good car. But in terms of driver involvement, yes, they're both crazy fast. 675 LT is a lot faster, or a lot faster than a G3 RS. But the experience you get out of that car on a road is significantly more than you get in a 650S. Yeah. And, I th- and I think 600 LT is the same. Like these track versions, if you even if you don't take them on track, yeah, there's they difference. are more fun on a road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an immediacy to the whole thing. It's the fact that like, they're more raw, you get more noise. Yeah. All of the things other than how fast they are make the experience better. Yeah, it does. It, it, it definitely does. And not just that. If there's a market for it, of course they're going to make it, aren't they? And let's be honest, over the last sort of 10, 15 years, more and more people have gotten into track days. Yeah. And more and more people with that sort of cash want a track day-oriented car. But how many people take their 675 LT, their 600 LT on track? I mean... Some do. Some do. Porsches, people do. Porsches, you see. Worldwide, you definitely like G three RSs. Yeah, you see a, a, quite a lot. Of track yeah, a lot, days. especially in the UK as well. Yeah, but I, I think it's a bit of a fear factor as well. Like, will it work as yeah. well? Is it going to start throwing up limp modes and all sorts of error codes? Well, yeah, et cetera? If you're a McLaren, you have to. I don't know whether you still do. You have to have a pre-track day service, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, pretty much. Uh, what's that about? No yeah, thanks. so apparently if you go on a track day with your McLaren, you get a little picky there. <laughs> yeah, a little picture. Here we go, a little picture. But you're like, if, you're, if you're doing a track day with your McLaren, apparently avoids a warranty. Unless and, you take it to a dealership, they check it over and then it's okay. Yeah, but then you've, got, you've got, still got to pay some substantial amount of money. You have like, to pay some money for this process, yeah. A few thousand. Like, I so, don't know whether it's that much, but it's... It, I'm sure it was... I wouldn't be surprised if it was like six, seven hundred pounds. I'm thinking now it's way more. This is McLaren. This is way more than that. It's minimum two grand. I don't think. I don't. I, I don't think. It oh, is. really? Is it? Yeah, I but think it's still, for like still a, quite a lot of money. It's like, still a lot of money to be able to. There's. I think if you make a track car, you need to have the Porsche attitude, which is we've made a track car. You can do six track days a year, and we won't question anything, and it's going to work. You don't need to check it. It's going to work. We've designed it. That's literally what we designed yeah. it for. Warranty stands. If yeah, you do a hundred um, track days a year, okay, maybe. Not all of the parts will be warranted. Your engine still will. Yeah, but but Porsche mainly sticks with their warranty strategies. Like the yeah. press car GT3 I had, hmm. that car got then sold on to my mate who bought it. And he found like there was a bit of an issue with the gearbox. Yeah, And literally he rung up Porsche and he said, can you check the gearbox? They checked it. They said, yeah, it needs a new gearbox. I said, well, what's the deal? He said, we've just ordered one. It's on our way. <laughs> Boom, done. So when's it back? He's like, back in three days. With Porsche, from personal experience, warranty, she's not a problem. They're just no. like, yeah, is there a problem? Oh, that's, that's unsurprising. Okay, let's just yeah. put a new There new are some in. dealerships that are more friendly than others. Yeah. In my experience, I've dealt with a couple near where I live and generally pretty good. Reading have been brilliant every single time I've used them. Reading have fantastic you ever have you ever been to their workshop bit yeah. in the back what a check place. out the, the like 10 Carrera gts just chilling yeah <laughs> and the porsche gt1 cars it's just a fantastic place but yeah reading reading is i don't know how to think of it it's just when you walk around there i mean it looks tiny from the front yeah. but the moment you go inside it's like it's like the back deck of the uss enterprise it's just crazy you just see all sorts in the back. Oh, and, oh, and they know yeah. what they're doing there 
Whereas oh, yeah. in some places, I think nowadays there's a, there's a trend for dealerships, the people servicing the cars. They're sort of like, they're technicians of a set of instructions. So they get a list of how, you know, how to do it. This is what you've got to do. And if there's anything that's out of that parameter, I get the impression that there's like, they don't necessarily know how to do it. Like if they, if something comes in, it's a bit weird. It's a bit off. They haven't got a clue. Yeah. And the thing is, if most of the technicians, you know, if there's a slight complication with the engine, we put a new engine in. That's that's yeah. how it works. And that's where the warranty... So, for example, if you've got an E60 V10 M5 yeah. and, you know, one of the pistons is running a little bit cranky and it needs a top-head engine rebuild, well, you take it to B&W and it's got a warranty on it. So, you've, you know, it's yeah, got a proper a legitimate... Engine. Well, they'll just give you a new engine. Yeah. But then they'll start arguing with it because, obviously, a new engine for one of them is 22 grand. So that's yeah. where the dealership experience of it slightly goes wrong because the technician's going it needs a new engine and then the garage is like well we've got to pay 22 yeah. grand which then the whole dispute then goes to the to the owner of the car and we go well oh, let's do a, a deal you pay half i pay yeah. half and then obviously the customer's gonna go Fuck that. i paid all this money for this warranty yeah i'm paying shit so yeah it, you do need experience like whereas over reading you've got guys there that have been working on porsches for like all the decades, cars for a long decade. time exactly so they know everything and they know a solution. I think a technician, you need to know a solution and work smart, not work yeah, hard. You, and you, know? you, need, you need the experience. And that's yeah. why I, th- I think it's tricky with lots of people frown at using someone other than the manufacturer dealer network. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yes, up until I've dealt with specialists, let's say with my old 911. Yeah. The guys at Auto Farm are just... They know their shit. Yeah. And if I took that car into a Porsche dealership, I reckon they're generally pretty good, but they, there's no way. I, I don't think they would have someone working in their workshop who's been working on old Porsches since they were new. And it's like, this little problem, this little oil leak or whatever, is this washer. Yeah. No, be like, a new no we need to strip the whole thing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five grand later. Yeah. That's I don't it. know where we, how we sort of ended up on this, to be this honest. This happens, isn't it? We, yeah. So, yeah, we've, we've spiralled, haven't we? So we've you had done. a 12C for a yeah. bit. Uh, you got rid of it. Got rid of it. What did you replace it with? Oh, so I've had, I've had a few cars after that. Yeah. Well, talk, a few talk cars the journey. Under the, so, after the 12C, I quite fancied something else. So, I, I quite liked an F-Type. But, what happened was is... Because I, 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 I like to... I like to dabble in cars, mm. you know, if I can make a bit of profit, why not? Yeah. If it comes, it goes. Yeah. Had an F-Type R, all-wheel drive, thinking that, do you know what, three months, I was thinking about doing a bit of content, and then what happened was, is I got the car pretty cheap in the trade, it did need a little bit of work, yeah. it was a 2015 car with like 40,000 miles, but it was the all-wheel drive one. Yeah. And after about a few days driving it, I instantly regret it a little bit, I was like, this is not what I want. No, not what I want. And then miraculously, I went to where I went, my local barber, the guy cuts my hair. His brother was really interesting. He was mm. like, how much? And I was like, oh, I've only just got him. He went, how much? And obviously we'd, we'd done a deal and that was it. It went. So literally I had it eight days. Yeah, I remember. You were <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I've bought it. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. I'm enjoying the it's noise. Great. And then I was like, oh, yeah. it's gone. I've sold it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. So moved on. 
And then I went for a Merc C63S Coupe AMG. Something I've always nearly owned and then not bought. Yeah. Well, this one was another one in the trade. Mm. Done a bit of miles. But it had a straight for exhaust. It was in this Designio white colour. Dime, I don't know. Some special colour, yeah, white. Uh, to the AMG <laughs> fanatics, it's like, wow, it's this crazy white. So, yeah, it's a white car. <laughs> it, and it had a remap on it, and it was really, really good. And again, it was it was one of those, I was like, I like it. It's still not me. I'm not yeah. I'm not itching for it. And, I, and if I'm very honest... What did I, you not like about it? What did you like um, about it? What did you not like about it? So I love the motor. Yeah. Four-litre twin-turbo V8. I think out of all the car manufacturers that have downsized to turbocharging... I think Mercedes have they've made done it a the great, best. Yeah, they've done it the best compared to, say, BMW. Yeah. So the motor was great. I loved the way it looked. I thought it was a stunning Such looking car. Yeah, car. coupe of that versus coupe of the W204, which is the previous generation CC3. is a much sexier mm. looking car. I, I, it's, it kind of... What happened was, because obviously it's, it's a heavy car. She weighs 1.8 tonnes. But it's lost some of that wieldiness of a c63 that i loved so i had a w204 c63 wagon and what i loved about it was is it wasn't trying to be an m3 it was just a big engine rear wheel drive do burnouts cruise it it was it it had a proper muscle car attitude about it whereas i thought the c63 was trying to be a little bit clever it's trying to be tippy-toey the chassis was a little bit odd and disconcerting but i just i didn't grown attachment with it in mm. the end so that went and then moved on to another car which was a car i wanted especially when i was in like like my late teens i was like i really wanted an f10 m5 because i quite liked yeah. it and once again they're quite low on the market as well too you know they were yeah. an 80 grand car when they were new so i found this competition m5 in blue uh done 60 odd thousand miles so quite high miles and it was like 20 odd grand and i was like yep yeah, brilliant but done a video on it and then done one video, done another video, done another video. Well, no, I'd done one video by and then I'd done another video where I took it to uh, my mate Stu. And then what happened then? Oh, yeah, Christmas time. That's what happened. It started running a bit weird, like really, mm. really weird. And turned out there was like there was a cylinder firing order issue. And those engines are, are quite problematic. So I got it fixed, but then it, it stood me in quite a bit. So I was yeah. like yeah this has got to go so i just i I sold it for auction uh and that was it really i just couldn't be bothered to do a video and do the whole fiasco of it so that was the end of it and then in between that i've just been in and out of press cars a little bit and then i've got a vw tuareg which is for a a separate company that me and thomas go and do called radial films where we you're making videos yeah yeah so making basically car commercials and tracking cars stuff like that so that's something that we set it up in november so obviously bought How's a that going? yeah it's going all right we've done um yeah we've done a few bits so far and uh we just uh to be honest we're all sort of busy doing yeah. our own little lives it's a side thing that we set up and created but we've had a lot we gained a lot of interest from it yeah it's like any business you know you know a lot of people tend to think that they're going to be booming in the next two three it doesn't it takes time it does take time so we, we've only done one of our passion projects on it yeah. doing the arm stuff we need to do a little bit more later in the year but i think i might upgrade the Tuareg to something else later on but uh yeah i've been cruising around in Tuareg, and then last week i bought ended up buying two sheds <laughs> <laughs> to most people's eyes so i'm uh, loving the fact that you 
you had the Cayman for like a really long time. Yeah. And then we always have these conversations. I'm sure everyone listening has this conversation of like, yeah, but instead of this car, I could buy this cheap version of a very expensive car. And that would be great. And I love that you've gone out and basically you've bought in a succession all the cars that have tickled your interest yeah, in so, Spain. So basically, I am ba- every car that I've thought of when I was a lot younger and thought, I quite fancy owning one, yeah. I'm ticking them off. And if they're good, cool. If they're not, get rid. Yeah. Literally, that's, that's how I'm rolling. So the, the F10 wasn't as great as I thought. The C63 wasn't as great as I thought. The F-Type wasn't as great as I thought. It is what it is at the end of the day. But I was like, right now, Sid, things are going to turn to electric. You, you need to think of cars that you really wanted as a kid. And I was like, yeah. go back to when you was eight years old. What did you like? And I was like, well, I had a die cast model of an Inferno Red Clio 182. And I really liked Clio 182s. And I keep reading an Evo magazine about Clio 182s. And everybody keeps going on about it. And I've driven a few and I was like, sod it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And I found one. I'll tell you how the story went. It was last Friday. I was sitting at McDonald's looking through the classifieds. The idea was to buy the cheapest one. Hmm. And then my mate, Patrick Whedon, was like, don't do that. You're going to end up buying a, a, a right dog awful. and it'll be awful and you'll end up getting rid of it. He's like, do it properly. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. And, you know, annoyingly, he found a good one. It was an Inferno Red. It had uh, DS2500 pads, Brembo disc brakes. It, it, it was the full shebang. Uh, the guy had it for seven years, and I was on my way to Solihull, still two hours away. Rung up the guy. This is, but bearing in mind, this is eight o'clock at night. The guy's based in Leeds. Rung him up. I said, "Look, can I come have a look at it?" And he was like, "You're not going to get it till half past midnight. You do know that." I was like, "I'm still going to come." Went down there, had a look, drove it, loved it. It had a Miltech exhaust as well. Done the deal. Drove home, and so far I've done a thousand miles in it. But obviously, but earlier that week, I bought another car. And it's got nothing to do with driving as such, but it's mainly because of a particular movie that I've mm. always loved as a kid. And it's actually my favourite Bond movie ever. It's called Tomorrow Never Dies with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And he drove a BMW 750iL and he remote controlled it with his little yeah, mobile yeah, phone, phone, or whatever yeah, phone in the back while being chased by baddies <laughs> in a car park and being shot at. And I always loved that shape E38 7 series. So I was like, right, got to do it. Um, had to find the right colour for that car. What engine did you go for? A 740. But in the movie, they had 740s badged as 750. Yeah. So I felt like, oh, I could do yeah, the same. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's not a problem. I was trying to look for a 750, but I couldn't find one in the right colour and also couldn't find one in the right condition. And it yeah. was a lot cheaper to buy a 740. Yeah. So I found a 740 IL in Aspen Silver. It's the SE. So in the movie, the car was an SE, but it had the double five-spoke M Sport wheels. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Find an SE in Aspen Silver <laughs> with black interior, and put, but short wheelbase, yeah. and put the double five-spoke wheels. So I found one of them. And yeah, I, I saw it. It, it's, it. Don't get me wrong. It's not in its greatest condition. Yeah. It does need a bit of cosmetic work. But yeah, it's just two cars that I've got sitting about, which I will eventually, well, by the time this uh, podcast goes out there'll probably be some videos on it already and yeah i just thought um, those are two cars i wanted there are there are a lot more don't get me wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. this is just the beginning but <laughs> there are a lot more but i was like yeah i want to buy some sheds now i actually want to buy some stuff I've, be, I've been talking about it for so long i was like I'm i've now done got to, to do it. i've got to do it 
I've got to do it because otherwise I'm just going to bore everyone to death about me talking about cars for so That's long. It. At the end of the day, you have to like put up or shut up. Don't you? Yeah, exactly. You've got to walk the walk. So I, I've done it and I did... I did sort of have a, a phase the other night where I've gone, oh God, what what have I actually done? Like, so a few days ago, I ordered wheels. So bearing in mind, I paid 950 quid for the 740IL. It's running these wire wheels almost like BBSs. Yeah. It does need a couple of other bits done on it. But the wheels that it needs are the double spoke, yeah. double five spoke M Sport wheels, which... Oh, like I just spent like fifteen hundred quid on this. <laughs> <laughs> I turned into one of these slam modified car meets. So already I'm just a load of money. The Clio's yeah. fine. I've not spent anything on it yet. That's great. But yeah. the seven's gonna cost a bit more money. So the idea of content for the Clio was to show that you can buy a cheap car that's fun and engaging and enjoyable. Because on YouTube at the minute, or right now, I feel like we've gone through the phase of there are lots of car influencers, very talented car influencers, where they've shared their passion experience. And I found included on cars which are, let's be honest, not obtainable. Yeah. And very expensive stuff. Very expensive stuff on finance. So I was like, let's let's flip this the other way around. What if you love GT4 RSs, you love Cayman GT4s, but you, you, can't, you don't have the cash yeah. and you're a young lad. But you want that element of thrill, that element of driving. Can that young lad go out and buy something that he could then go on track days, enjoy yeah. it on, you know, like Evo Triangle, use it as a driving instrument, a driving tool, something just to get fun and pleasure from it and, you know, on a budget. So I'm, I'm going out doing this test mm. with a Clio 182. And so far, I'm absolutely loving it. It's <laughs> so much fun. Tons of lift off oversteer. I mean, you've seen it. It's, uh, it, it's, it's quite a good little car. Yeah. It's not, it's not as much of a shed as I thought. It's done 160 odd thousand miles. I've done a thousand miles in it in a week yeah. already. It's got a bit of a weird seating position and steering wheel set up. That's but... two things that need changing on that car. The, that's a big problem on the 182s. You just sit like a van, don't you? But yeah, tilted forwards. Yeah, but but then you could argue it's very similar to a Ferrari F40. <laughs> oh yeah, the F40. I mean, yeah, I, I suppose nothing is as bad as an F40 driving position, is it? It's pretty much like that. Yeah, it's, it's quite strange. Rogue. Yeah, it's a bit rogue. So yeah, I, the, I mean, eventually, I would. For me, I'm just saving up. I, yeah. I want a GT3 manual. That 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 to me is just. That's where you want to be. I don't care. And about in the meantime, else. if you spend fifteen hundred quid. On a car, and then you spend, yeah. a, you know, whatever, 500 quid, 1,000 pounds, making it sorted and right and whatever. Yeah. You're still only two and a half grand in, rather than spending 90 on something and losing 10 in a year. Yeah, and then, and it's on finance, and then you've got to get the... He stress you out. Yeah, and, stress you out. And so I was like, I, d- I don't want that in my life at the minute. I'd rather just go borrow press cars, expensive yeah. press cars, and <laughs> do theirs. So, yeah, I, 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 the idea is is see what the Clio's like. Give it give it a little bit of love, but at the same time, rag it. Go visit yeah. some track days. Not just here. I'd like to go abroad. I'd like to go see Spa in it. I'd like to go to the Nürburgring in it. But I also want to just do a couple of adventures. Why not? It's a cool car. That's, and that's what it's all about. I, yeah, you know, I, I, my GT3 RS, I, have, I haven't driven it very much in the last year. I'm driving other things and doing other stuff, and just it hasn't really worked. But I feel it makes me sad. I'm like, oh, 
you know, the sort of the, the what if, what if scenario. But like, if I had a car that I really didn't care about, which is what I quite liked about my M2. I know I, li- I liked my M2 and I did care about it, but it was significantly cheaper than the other cars. And I could go and do the odd track day and, you know, keep it on the tarmac and have a lot of fun. I would love something a bit like your 182 or whatever, where I just don't really care about it that much and just go and do cheap track days. Well, just exactly. Just do a ton of laps. And, and and the thing is, is what do you like about cars? Because everybody likes cars in some sort of manner, yeah. you know? And I feel like a lot of people buy cars. Well, no, no, I'm being straight up here. People buy cars to show off. And they they want to flex for the yeah, for the gram. Like they, they want to look, look cool. How it makes you feel? How it makes you feel? Which be you know, proud of it and which, whatever. Don't get me wrong. If that gives you that element of confidence and ego, then then go for it. Doesn't for me. Does like you know doesn't at all. Yeah. I buy it literally for the way it drives. I couldn't care, you know, how many birds you could pull in it or what. <laughs> like it really, I could not care about that you know yeah. and i feel like if you're using a car to pull birds in then you've got no game anyway so you know what i mean <laughs> for me it's all about driving pleasure you know and the, the clio is such a humble little car mm. but it, it was one that I, i'll be honest with you it's just one of those cars that i've always wanted and yeah. renault sport is kind of like to me in my eyes they are the porsche gt division of hot hatches yeah yeah they're right up there they just know how to get things right you know don't get me wrong the interior is an absolute pile it's rubbish you know it's yeah. got like plastic door cards which are made out of tracing paper i think that's my phone ringing but yeah no yeah it's not a well-made car but mechanically it's well sorted yeah. and I, I feel like you need if you've got a car out there or if there's a car that you've always wanted and it's not big money do it yeah, it, worst case scenario you sell it and you if you buy it at a half decent price you're going to sell it at a half decent price and it, it may not it may cost you nothing you may lose 10 percent of the value of the car but if it's a thousand pounds you're probably okay with that 10 percent drop yeah i mean the idea Chop and change 150 grand cars and different matter oh that's some that's some serious stuff that's stressful like, that, 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 that's yeah. really stressful you know and then you've got so many fear factors and i mean everybody goes oh you're fearless sliding your gt4 around it's like no i'm just stupid just an idiot. Yeah, yeah just an idiot you know i i don't i don't think until after i realize oh my god i took my cayman gt4 to arena essex on a drifting <laughs> in front of load why why did i do that so it's I love all sorts of cars for me. So whether it's new, old, I like to experience everything. And this year is a year where I really want to experience cars from the past, mm. whether it's reviewing them, owning them, or just going for a quick drive. I just want to, I want to live in that period mm. between 1998 to 2007, that, that era of cars where I, absolutely loved yeah. you know so i think the next one on the list is probably but i, I don't think i would because it that would be a big gamble might as well just go and buy a 720s for the cost of running one is it was a v10 m5 absolutely oh, okay that car. yeah probably a touring but I, I i don't think i'll be there yet but that that's be another one on the list that's yeah old beamers i in particular every now and then and it's yeah i talk about this a lot but like i i sort of worry because I love the cars that I own and I get enjoyment out of the cars that I've got and things like that, 
that I'll suddenly wake up in 20 years time and be like, damn, I missed out. Like I could have had so many more memories and experiences and whatever. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. By just being like, right, like you said, what's the list? And is it financially viable? Is there a sensible way of doing it? Okay, obviously avoid certain cars. I'd love to experience certain cars, but that doesn't you don't necessarily have to own them to experience them. You could borrow them, you could go and find a friend that's got one, yeah, you could yeah. drive it, and you could just tick it off in the I drove it for a day. Even if you rent it for a day. Like I, I would love to spend some time with a DBS or a V twelve Vantage Roadster. Mm. But I don't know whether I'll ever get around to owning one because it just I just don't think I'm ever going to commit that amount of money to something like that. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And I I like the concept of it, but I love cars that drive really well. And I don't think either of those drive really well. They drive we, nicely. We talking new DBS? No, 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 no. Old DBS. Oh, okay. Casino Cool Royale, DBS. Yeah, that I think they're both cool, but like that one. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't know. I, I'd probably commit. <laughs> I like Bond movies, man. So yeah, I'd have, I'd definitely have a DBS. I know where you're coming from, though. It's, it's not that quite as also focused. it's the like opportunity cost of like, okay, I could have a DBS, but I, that means I really would have to be not having another car. And like, would I sell my old 911 for a DBS? Not at the moment. And DBS is quite a bit of money now. Yeah. They've gone up quite a bit uh, over the last sort of twelve months because I've kept an eye. On. Yeah, um, there was a black one sitting about. Uh, they were 85. sort of like 80 yeah then they're, they're now plus 100 grand now really yeah and and if they're either in quantum silver or yeah. royal grey cash like 120 130 wow. yeah because obviously they're bond colours yeah and obviously if you're gonna do it you might as well pretend to be bond and you might as well a little yeah. bit yeah yeah i mean that's what i'm doing but i'm only doing it on a small budget yeah. with a bmw <laughs> 7 but no they're cool cars i mean v12 vantage let's be honest have you seen the prices on them I don't know. 60 grand, 65 grand yeah. for a manual V12 Vantage. That's a, now, that's a cool car. Now, to me, if you said to me right now, 65 grand, I mean, our new and used car market, that or the new, or even a Cayman GT4, a little bit more, I'm, I'm taking the Aston. Yeah. You're not far off an M2 competition. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you spec the hell and then put all well no actually if you put all those M performance goodies, oh yeah totally, totally an M2 competition would be 10 grand more yeah and one of those cars is cool it has 12 cylinders and a manual gearbox and you don't look like a twat 
Yeah. Like, like you pull up in an Aston, everyone thinks you're cool. Oh, yeah, exactly. You can pull up anywhere. There's no... Because let's be honest, when you, and I'm sure you're the same, like when you're driving around your GT4X, when you're in certain places with your, your big wing big and wing. your old crate, there is oh, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a bit of shyness away. I've done it as well when I've been in a Cambridge GT4X, especially when it was yellow as well. It was like, oh, God. This I'm is the problem as well, because like, I love that RS, and I love how it looks, but I don't, like you said, always wants necessarily... I would love to sort of use it all the time, but I don't necessarily want the image of using that car all the time and, like, parking up. It's a bit loud and whatever. Like it's a British with thing With the big well, wing yeah. and stuff. Like, okay, you go... Some people just don't care about that. They're like, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to use it. Yeah. Which is why I'd, like, maybe a 991 manual GG3 Touring, something like that. See, I don't know. But I, I think I need to... And I've said it a lot of times, so I'm actually going to have to probably do it at some point. What, touring? Just, I need to just sell my GT3 RS and then wait and see. Dude, and you've been talking just... about selling the GT3 RS too long. Like, like, it's been like 18 months. Like, okay, I've there's been one talk- guy on Instagram yeah. who's been hounding me for a long time. You know who you are. If if you want to buy it, and you, if anyone wants to buy my GT3 RS and they're serious about it, send me a message. Never been raced or rallied. Never been raced or rallied. <laughs> You know, I've used I ne- it. I've never driven it, so I can't. Sid do that has never <laughs> driven. It. Yeah, the, the Sid factor is not not yeah. included. Yeah, brilliant. I, I've <laughs> used it a lot. It is what it is. Uh, it's a great car. I, I would have that one over any other GT3 RS I've come across. Like genuinely, it's a really nice car, really good spec. Yeah, no, it's lovely. It's been used, and yeah. it will be priced accordingly. Like whatever. That Hit inf- me up. Hit that, me up. That it infamous video on uh, car throttle, Danny Autobahn. That and the oh GTR. yeah, yeah, it's famous. Yeah. I remember that. Out, out dragging a a seven hundred and something horsepower Nissan GTR. Yeah, it was doing well. One hundred forty four horsepower GT three. That was an impressive video. It is actually that is that's something for aerodynamics. Yeah, and yeah. Porsche horses versus yeah. other horses. Porsche horses, which is suspiciously weird. Well, it's it's to do it's the drivetrain losses because the engine is basically over all of the other stuff and the wheels. You. Like a normal car, I'm I'm just going to make these numbers up. Let's say a normal car, you lose 30% between crank and wheels. Yeah. A Porsche, it's like 15. Okay, yeah. So you get 15% more power than the number says. Is that just because of wheels. cooling as well? Like how, how it's all sort of configured? Uh, that's literally it. just the layout of engine and where the wheels are. Okay, so um, just because of that. I imagine in something like a, a mid-engine car, mm. you'll be more similar. A mid-engine rear-wheel drive car will be similar to that Porsche situation. So it'll be somewhere in the middle, I guess. Where's, where's but like it? a front-engine rear-wheel drive car. That's shaped as a brick, like the GTR. Yeah, and then it's all like... The GT3 RS has all that like RAM induction type stuff that happens as it goes faster. It yeah. gets more power as it goes faster. Yeah, I know. So it's, uh, it's a bit of a crazy thing, wasn't it? But... Yeah. It's, it's a great car. Great car. But I don't use it. How, when's the last time you used it? Hmm week ago yeah see that that's but that's actually oh, before that there was a long gap yeah that, that's what I felt like with the Cayman GT4 and I am one of those believers in if you don't use it enough and it's starting to cost you money just for it to sit there yeah get rid um, and that's what it became like with the Cayman GT4 it if wasn't... I had six if I had more money and more space I'd 100% keep it for the rest of my life fair enough but I don't have the space and I could use that money for something else. Yeah, well, exactly. For me, it was use the money for something else and literally 
for me, I'm always in Porsches. Mm. I've had four Caymans and two GT4s. <laughs> like it was like I cannot have another Porsche. So it's almost like it's like a it's like a, a stag night, isn't it? Before yeah. before you get you need to just try your options <laughs> see what's about and then return yeah questionable yeah. i mean uh, I, I, it's not something i would recommend but th- that's what i've been told okay whilst we're on porsches let's talk about some porsches you've driven recently mm. you drive a carrera t yes what do you think of the carrera t well when it first came out i thought it was a marketing drivel because it is essentially it's a carrera. base carrera with some options of the that you can't get on a carrera yep on it so those are rear wheel steering. Rear wheel steering. Uh, presumably you can have a diff. Limited slip diff, which is an option. Lightweight rear glass, removable seats, removable radio and aircon. Uh, so it can be a little bit lighter, but not much really. Door straps. Yeah. yeah. Stickers down the side. It makes, it, I guess that the visuals make it, might make it feel a bit more special. Door yeah. straps and stuff like that. But it is a sort of a Carrera. A what did I think of it? Yeah. Just made me show how it, it it literally showed me how good a bog standard Carrera was. Yeah, and and at the end, of my conclusion was just buy a Carrera. Yeah. And I'm being honest here. Look, I don't, you know, I, I'm quite strong with my car reviews, and you know, I'm quite constructive, and I'm quite amazed sometimes by how many people actually go out and buy a car on behalf of my videos. So. Mm. I feel like I have this certain responsibility. You've got to be honest. I have to be honest. And as someone who's a bit of a 911 nerd, I was like, right, this car is a bit of a placebo to make people feel good and make people sort of think that they they are driving a 911 touring yeah. when clearly they're not. They're just driving yeah. a Carrera. And personally, I just couldn't be seen for driving something like that. And if you look back at the original T, where it was just a stripped-out, bog-standard special, the purest form yeah. of a 911, this isn't. Especially when you can spec it as a PDK as well. Yeah, it's you like basically you, put all the weight back in. Yeah, you can put all the weight back in. So that, the, the seats, the aircon, which of course you're going to want, let's be honest. No one orders no aircon. Even the press car I had, which, yeah. you know... <laughs> that had aircon, you know. Even Porsche knew, yeah, we need to put aircon in this car. I mean, it looked good in that yellow, yellow standard, by the way, on yeah. rarities. So you can't buy one anymore. But I thought, do you know what? Let's let's have a go and just get it out of my system. And it was good. I enjoyed it. But then at the same time, I would have enjoyed it if I was driving a a Carrera. Yeah, I think as a buying proposition, it's. I don't know the pricing difference, but I would buy a Carrera T over a base Carrera because it's rarer and got something a little bit different about it and it's going to hold its value a bit better. This is something at the time I was I was thinking about mentioning in the video, but I didn't in the end. I just turned it into a sort of road test. But, you know, I was it, you got to be the title, which Thomas Garner was thinking, 9-11 T future classic. I was like, no, we're not going to, we're going to get so much stick for that. But yeah, you're right. Like, because it's a T, and because it, you can spec it with 918 yeah. bucket seats and all that jazz, yeah, it, it will somewhat hold its value better yeah. than a normal Carrera. What did I see the other day? It was JZM. I was randomly trawling like dealerships, yeah, just like having JZM. a look at whatever. JZM. They seem they quite often have two versions of the same car that looked exactly the same, parked in the same place with different mileage. And I wonder if they literally just use the same photos. But. <laughs> Like one's got 8,000 miles, one's got 15,000 miles. There's a glitch. And it's literally the same. But they had a sport 
Okay, they had two cars. A 911R. Nice. And a Sport Classic. Nice. 997, whatever. Yeah. Both were listed at £300,000. Is that where they are, 911Rs? 300 grand? It was, it was that sort of money, something like that, yeah. Well, a 911R is a bit spe- is, is special for its time, but if you could go and get a manual .2 GT3, it's, I think for most people it's a much better car, and it's, it was sort of available. So it's, the R lost a bit of its like specialty, but I believe if you went and drove an R back-to-back with a .2 GT3, it's a more special experience because they've stripped more out. You can hear more noise. There's more yeah, stuff. And the flywheel's different as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Flywheel, flywheel. But a Sport Classic being £300,000. Which is basically a... a it's a, a Carrera, Carrera with a power pack. Carrera with a power pack and, and a, a body kit. And yeah, ducktail and some Fuchs. But they were quite a lot of money when they were new. They were like 120 grand, which back in 2009 yeah. or 10 was an awful amount but of But 300 money. Mm, that's a bit ridiculous that is a little I don't know bit whether ridiculous. that's just what if people are paying that for them but it's not that's one of those cars I look back I remember it coming out I think it, I remember thinking it's kind of cool but it's literally the some options that you can basically spec yep and that is a bit different a bit like a 911 50th edition yes I think yeah. they're quite cool yeah they're lovely if I was going for a Carrera S or something and I I would get a 50th edition instead when it was new because it's, it was the wider body Rear wheel drive only. Yep. Uh, had the sort of Fuchs style wheels that look cool. Yep. And styling wise, has the power pack type stuff. A mm. little bit more power, whatever. But it's basically a Carrera S that looks a bit different. Is that that does not put it on the same platform as a 911R, which has a GT engine in it. But you got, I mean, 911R came out what four or five years ago. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, a Sport Classics been around ten. for what? Yeah, ten. I don't know. That's that is a. I just find that, you know that particular you, one. I just look at it and me gone, now. What the hell? Yeah. What, what the hell? I mean, I'd like to try a sport classic. Well, it's and, not. And it's find the difference, but it's not going to be weird. better than my RS. No, it's not even going to be better <laughs> than a GTS. No. Yeah. Why? What? If that's the case, a nine nine seven two GTS should be three hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. But then you sometimes think, do these car dealerships just put a price there? Do they just put it and leave it for a year? And And leave it for a year? You don't know. Because how many of those do they actually get? Do people actually go out and buy? No, they don't. People aren't But maybe, yeah, you put it up for 300. All the dealers go like, oh, we'll put Oscar up for 300. And then people go like, and someone comes and goes, oh, that must be cool. I'll bid them 250. And they're like, yeah, cool, it's old. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sold, and then it ends up in the papers, and then obviously people start tweeting rants and yeah. go on a spasm attack. <laughs> what I am happy at the minute about the 911 market is that bubble of people flipping 911s, which separated the ones who bought them for what they are, like me and you, for the driving, to the ones who it's just bought them to just... It's a fact for anyone that buys one. Yeah, but it, it, it is, but then... It's a shame. It's a shame. It, it, it is a bit of a shame. And I think the last sort of three, four years, people were buying Cayman GT4s thinking that, yeah, I'm going to make a bit of cash mm. or GT3. I'm going to flip it and that. And it was like, just use the fucking yeah. car. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I was checking a lot because I'm, I'm checking 991 GT3s and they've come back to list now. At one point they were... Are you looking for a manual? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I know someone that's getting rid of a, a dot one. Nah, I'm not interested in it. It's got to be a stick. Yeah, they're 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 hundred under a hundred grand. Yeah, under hundred grand. Yeah, I mean, great, but I, I want the stick. For me, it has to be the manual. Yeah, and then, and I 
I'm pretty sure I would have got rid of my RS a long time ago if I could have had a manual when they were new. At least. Yeah, at least. I, I think I would have, I definitely would have ordered one and then kept both for like a month yeah. and then made a decision. Yeah. But I, and I, I'm sure I would have been in a manual GT3 right now. The fact that they went shot up loads, you're like, ah, okay. Yeah, not, they went to not, 200 grand. Yeah. Yeah. And there were certain friends of mine who bought them which didn't really suit their driving style and then they didn't get on with them and then obviously then lost 30, 40 grand yeah. on it because they paid overs for the car. If you pay £200,000 for a GT3, you, I would say you have to really know what you're buying because it's not a £200,000 car. Well you, have to, well, you have to buy it. And if you're buying it because you couldn't get on the list, you have to buy it knowing that, look, I'm going to be in this car for a long, long time and accept the fact that, Money is going to be lost somewhere. Yeah, if I'm buying over and you know the trend is down, yeah, I mean, you should know the trend is down. I, I, the idea of buying a GT3 at two hundred grand, I find slightly I mean, ludicrous. Silly anyway. Yeah, I, I don't like how much of a premium tourings have over normal ones, but they are rarer. So I looked last night and one seventy. Yeah, one seventy. So there's one for sale, a gate grey, it's got the comfort seat. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah, that's I think it's one six eight one seventy. So they're fetching near enough thirty, forty grand premium over yeah, a one a lot. Which, which is a lot for something same that car. basically yeah, it's the same car without the wing. I personally like the wing. I'm a yeah. bit of a wing guy, so I'd go for the I wing. I quite like the idea of no wing. Yeah, that's I do, but I'm not going to pay forty grand for that, it. And that, like, yeah. that is where I struggle with yeah. it. I'm like, I would like one with no wing, but the I low don't keyness, yeah. want to spend forty thousand pounds. Yeah, I'm not going to pay forty grand over it. So there are cars there, you know, manual ones, and they're between a hundred and thirty to a hundred and forty grand, mm. subject to spec. So obviously, bucket seats, yeah. lift, ceramics, no ceramics, but all of them have one problem. None of them have done any miles. No. They've all done between 1,000 and max 7,000 miles. I can't, yeah. That's nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm so, it, it's sad really because it's like, I want one that's done 25K. I really don't yeah, care yeah. if it's. If I'd rather three, it was cheaper. Yeah. Having done more. I want it to be, you know, I want it to be less money. And I can't, I just cannot find. Yeah. I'd quite like to buy the 12,000 mile touring. Yeah, 12,000 12 miles, miles with a couple of bits of chips here and there. Because it still feels like, it still feels pretty new at that. Yeah, like, yeah. And then I'd keep it for three, four, yeah. five years or whatever. And I want it to be, you know, a little bit rough. It's got a nook here. It's got a little bit yeah. of a... And I, I'm, happy, I'm happy to pay more yeah. for it to be like this. But when they're all like a 1,000 miles, I don't want to buy one with 1,000 miles. It's not just that. It? It's been meticulously looked after. So not you feel like you have that responsibility. But not then. driven. Yeah, but not driven. And it's like I want one that's banged off the limiter a lot. Yeah, I don't care about what rev range it's on. It's it revs got better. Nine, yeah, if it's used the rev range, yeah. it revs better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's yeah, it's used better because then what happens if I go in it? It's never been revved in its life, yeah, it and then explode. yeah, explode. Well, you've taken me over three thousand revs. What yeah, you're taking about? me over three. That happened to a mate once. He bought a GT86. He was saving up for so long to buy a mm. GT86. Bought one. One lady owner. She worked in a dentist. And her commute to work was literally one and a half miles. So start the car, not even warmed <laughs> up, went there. Bought it, came to see me. We went down for a drive. Obviously, you ever driven GT86s? No, you but got I like them. the knackers yeah, off them got, to get them got going. Got a lot of power. Done it, following him. All of a sudden, I see smoke. <laughs> so this whole, they can't be revved and 
as long as as long as it's had its regular oil changes, yeah. warmed, it get, up. warmed up correctly, cooled down correctly, it's fine. And yeah. especially a GT3 where it's been designed to be revved. And in the race shit cars, they rev to like 10. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they're like, okay, well, we'll reduce it to eight and a half. And that like does something crazy to the amount of more miles you can do. And it's built, like it's not exactly the same engine, but like in a cup car, it's very, very similar engine. And they, rev, I don't know, they rev to like nine and a half or something. Like you hitting the limiter at eight and a half is doing nothing to your car. It's not breaking it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not it's not doing anything. So going back to my point, the the guys who bought Porsches thinking that they were gonna make a bit of cash have sort of left and you know, you're now starting to I see think it. you'll still find if you want the nine nine two GT three, you it's gonna be really hard to get hold of. They're gonna be overs. Oh, they'll start coming. It's back still like there. it's still a desirable car. Everyone I know probably wants one because they're just great and also they know that if you can get one list it's going to be free motoring for like two years which is great which is don't get me wrong if i could get on the list of a 992 gt3 amazing i would i would travel everywhere the thing is i kind of don't want a 992 gt3 i kind of feel like it's not going to be as good as the last one because opf filters yeah yeah Yeah. which ain't but that's not that's not not a big deal because you can take that off. What, what is you it? can just change the exhaust. Yeah, that's true. What about um, what, size? Size and... Oh, yeah, I, right. I, I haven't driven a 902 yet, but the impression I've had from other people is it's more of a GT car. It still does sports car, but it's more of a GT car than the old car because that's kind of what most people use it for, cruising around day to day. But it's bigger and bigger is not better. Like 991 for me is still a big car. Yeah, Especially yeah, when yeah. you compare it to 907 and others. Yeah, your 997 is a perfect cars. size. Yeah. 907 is a perfect size, especially because if you have RS or GT3 or whatever, they're wider. So go through a width restriction. Right? The new nylon turbo that's just come out is it's like 1.8 inches wider than a 992. 992 is really wide. So the, the new turbo being that much wider, actually, no, it's, it's that much wider than the old turbo. So that's going to be... Well, I remember... Trying to go through any width restriction is just going to... It would kill me. I remember seeing a 991 Turbo um, parked up next to a Phantom. Mm. And the and this was the rear of it and the front of the Phantom. Yeah. And it was just as wide. So this will technically be as wider than a Rolls-Royce Phantom. I wonder if that's like a perception thing. Of what? Like of, of what actually... Like yeah, does it look wider? Or is it no? It is wider. wider. Yeah. It, like once you see, because obviously turbos are always meant to be a little bit more yeah, large. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Girth isn't always great. like driving down a street in a town. Yeah, you don't want that. And you've got another two inches that you don't have. Like, it just gets more stressful. Yeah, it's just potential to fuck things up even more. Sorry, oh. am I allowed to swear? Not. I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've said it now. I've said it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cars getting wider. And, and funny enough, I mean, this is turning into a Porsche pot. It feels like 2018 uh, yeah, yeah. November all over again. I will try and uh, move on to a different subject. But I drove a 996 to GT3. The reason why I drove it was because they're 60 grand, which for a, a motorsport engined yeah. 911 is not a lot of money. Again, M2 competition yeah. realms. And you get in that and you go, less tire grip. There you can feel the weight shifting about. You've got that it's lovely got less power, less power, but you've got that lovely Metzger engine. You've got yeah. to rev it. You've got to work it. 
not big power, 390 brake, but usable power. And you can keep your foot in it. You can keep, you can keep your foot in it. But more importantly, the size. Yeah. Small. Felt smaller than a Cayman. Like it current Cayman. smaller than a yeah. current Cayman, probably. Yeah, it is. It does. And, and I was like, cars are getting white. Obviously, that's because of, you know, pedestrians mm. and, you know, running Safety people. Safety and whatever. And just you know, generally just, stuff stuff's growing. Yeah. So, yeah, the 992, you could be right. It could be another generation. It will be a great Porsche. car. Of course. We know this. But... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we just sound like old people now. We do. I, I, I feel like, I feel like I just keep. I, I feel like I'm on the neg negative. <laughs> just like everything old is cool. But it, it is that, looking at that. But so you is. drove a nine nine six GT three. Yeah, you thought it was great. I think that shape is looking a bit better now. It does. Uh, Especially people are sort of getting used to the used to it now, and sort of I know what you know, I know exactly what it is, and I'm like, it is what it is, and I. But it's a lot of fun. So for sixty grand, you can go and buy a nine nine six GT three. That's like a proper motorsports car. Yeah, it's not a fluffed up non motorsports car. It's not an entry level. It's like not a entry GT level. Four, it's not a two series that's been like pushed to its limit. Yeah, no, no, no. This is proper. This is a this is a proper like GT homologation car to, for enthusiasts to go and buy that delivers. And it's, it's probably something about the 997 as well. Like, it's a great car. I love it. When I bought it, it was not... I bought it in 2013, 2012, 2013 maybe. So it was three years old. So it was relatively new-ish. Mm. Like, ish. There wasn't much. The 991 had just come out. So for me, it was still a modern new car. Whereas now I drive it and I know it's not mod. It still does that balance very well. You can connect your phone to it, do the stuff, listen to music, yada, yada, yada. But... You compare it to a, a new modern car now, it's not that. So it's no longer just on the edge of modern. It yeah. now feels older when you get in it. And then because of that, you're like, okay, am I looking for the mod cons? Do I want CarPlay and all this stuff and whatever and like a bit more sound insulation and things like that in a more modern shaped car? Or if I'm going for an older style car, maybe something like a 996 RS might feel more raw and actually deliver more of what I was looking for in that car. Now, I'm not selling my RS for a 996 RS. I'm not, not going to do that. But, bait. <laughs> but it's like depending on what you're looking for in a car, if you're looking for an older car that delivers a raw experience, currently I'm now like, well, I'll just go and get an older car, like a 70s car or something, yeah. and have, it, have the experience in that gen. But... 996 isn't massively different to 997 if you're just looking for a, a raw experience. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it also depends on what you're, what you're looking for in a car and how your brain functions. So for me... Yeah, what are you... If you were to... Let's say you've got two cars, yeah. two op an option to have two cars, what is your sort of like... What are you looking for at the moment? What are you looking for in a car? Or what? two cars, two if, separate cars. If it's two... So one... If I was just looking strictly two two cars and i had the sort of crate like money but sort of like what well obviously one would be the car that i would go for driving purely driving yeah. and the other one would be something a little bit discreet yet elegant so it's got a bit of class and charm a bit comfy a little bit comfy still got to have some poke though yeah so 
what you're suggesting is this like buying advice to you or is no, no, just no 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 general? just like where you're at with cars like in your head where i am at the minute for me it changes all the time it, it changes all the time actually i know how we're gonna we'll get to this in a sec i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna run the same questions oh yes back at you i'll give questions. you two rather than five because you've done them before yeah but these things change before that I'm, I'm gonna put this i'll put this podcast out on monday why not so we'll just do a quick Blat through the Geneva that didn't happen because of coronavirus. Yes. And launches at Geneva. Yes, let's talk about this because this is Basically, uh, I think all of them are, are not important apart from a company called Koenigsegg. You I can agree. You can yeah. fight back with me at that and go like, no, someone introduced No, 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 we spoke cool, about this on the like, phone and they have really... They've just shown blown it. everyone else out of the water. Well, what Koenigsegg have done is, well, let's, let's explain about the car. So they've created... Two cars. A, your two cars. Two cars. Yeah, so... Let's talk about. Should we talk about the record beta? Let's or start. Let's start record? with the the first car. So they have a car called the Yesco, which yes. came out at Geneva last year, and it was their track focused, really bloody fast, mm. like <laughs> thing. Yeah. And then this year, with Bugatti doing the three hundred mile an hour thing in a, you know, they they, they hit three hundred miles an hour in a car. Not that car not is not exactly quite a Chiron, for is sale it? yet, but it will be for sale in some form and possibly, anyway, whatever. Koenigsegg were the previous and arguably still the record holders for high speed. Agreed. But they came out with the slippery version of the Yesco. And for me, I, I looked at it and was like, just looked at it and was like, this is just unreal. Oh, they, it looks enough. It's changed quite a lot from the, the track version, but it's like a spec. It's a speckable option when you order your Yesco. You click an option for the, the high-speed version or you click an option for the track mm. pack. It's like the coolest track pack in inverted commas you can, in the world. But they've released this car and they've gone, it looks unreal. For me, it's what the McLaren Speedtail should have been. Yep, agreed. I don't think maybe maybe McLaren couldn't have done it. I, don't, I think they could do it, but well, maybe they couldn't do it. I don't know. I don't know. The Speedtail is nowhere near the same as this Yesco slippery thing it's brought the inner eight-year-old in you like it, it it's reinvigorated my yeah. love of cars it does it does and you, you look and you go wow and they running the numbers on it they've basically said it will go faster than we will drive it that that in terms of speed they've gone i don't think we're going to drive it as fast as it will go we think we are pretty damn sure it will break any record that's out at the moment and i get the impression they're like it will comfortably break any record at the moment. Like, I was looking at the numbers. Now, a Chiron is a very different proposition to a Koenigsegg. One's yep. quite hardcore, and one is like, it will comfortably do 250, like every day, on the way to the shops, whatever. A Koenigsegg's quite a bit, a very different proposition to that. Yeah, it's... But um, is, is, I think it's more for people like us. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the raw car people. Yeah, yeah. Even though I totally appreciate a Chiron. Oh, I love the Chiron. I think um, it's cool. The, it's engineering excellence. Yeah. Nought to 400 to nought times, right? This is a stupid I, statistics. Yeah. The, I think the Re, Regera, which is the previous, well, it's, it's a car they're kind of like making at the moment. The nought to 400 to nought time. Oh, let's do the Bugatti. Chiron did it and it was 41 seconds. Nought to 400 kilometers an hour back to nought. 41 seconds. That's so Koenigsegg did it with their Regera which is their sort of standard car. This was not the Yesco, and it's not this car is not necessarily designed for high speed at all. Obviously, it's got the one-speed gearbox as it's well. One-speed yeah. gearbox, which is a bit of a weird mm. thing. 
But that naught to 400 naught was 31 seconds. Ten, 10 seconds. 10 seconds faster. That's just... Out of 40. Like, it's not out, out of two minutes. That's... And, and this is from a, a car that you can buy. You can buy that car. And there's many, multiple videos of when they slam on the brakes that basically you just take your hands off the wheel and it goes in a straight line. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> like, oh, take your hands off the wheel. I'm not sure I even I would have the confidence to do that, really. I, I, I would start at like a slower speed. Probably 100. 100. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And just do that. And do that. Right. Yeah. Even someone as crazy as I am. But they're like, this that. Is, that was not their fastest car. Like, that, that was... That was their fastest car at the time, but they've since brought out the Yesco, which has a ton more power. I think it's lighter, like some more crazy tech. And then they brought out the super slippery, go really, really fast version of this. Which is apparently, well, someone was saying it could be, I don't know, we don't know what it's going to be. 330 or something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but I know it, it, the gains at those speeds get very, very difficult, but it's going to do 310. And then obviously tires, what you can do in terms of tyres, but I, they'll find somewhere, they will run in two directions, and they will, I think, they will do three, oh, doing six or, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the record is at the moment, the unofficial record is, I'm pretty sure Koenigsegg will be. I think Christian von Koenigsegg needs to speak to VW and uh, borrow their testing facility. He just needs to talk to some of the guys on the gate. Yeah, just go, look, <laughs> guys, can we'll we take you out for dinner. Yeah, we'll take you out for dinner. <laughs> Swedish meal, take you to Ikea. Have some meatballs. But I love this attitude as well of like, okay, we don't have this crazy testing facility, so we're going to have to do it on like a road. We don't have the crazy budget. We're not, we have the budget. We're not owned like by VW, which is like one of the biggest so manufacturers in the world. We're just going to have to do it. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, maybe we'll just have to go to one of these like drag strips. It's a bit, it's a, yeah, it's a bit underdog. I mean, even their test driver's like in his mid-20s. Have you and seen that? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a crazy. very small team. Crazy. So very cool company, very cool car. And they've, that just is what it is. And you look at Pagani coming out with, you know, some another version of the Huayra and they've put some price on it that's like £5 million or something. And it's it's the same car. It's the same it's car. It's not a much, yeah. no new tech, no whatever. And this Koenigsegg comes out and I, I, I don't know how much they cost, the Yesco. I'm going to just put a guess, two and a half million euros. But it's cheaper than the Pagani and the tech level is another world in comparison. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. We're, we're seeing new leaps of where cars can go in terms of performance. Yeah. But the next model oh, is... So their, it's called the Jamira. The Jamira, which is their four-seater... <laughs> Mega car. Basically, a, a, like, you know, their answer to what Ferrari seems to call their GTC4 Lusso, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. It's like that, that in a category way. of, like, yeah. really cool... Really cool, chilled out... Four-seater, you can put some luggage in. This is their chilled-out car. This, this is their chilled-out chilled out chilled out, car. Chilled-out car. And it's got a two-liter... This is just the... This car is the sickest thing I've seen yeah, in a long two time. Two-liter, three-cylinder, that makes 600 horsepower. Yeah, turbocharged two-liter, two three-cylinder. That's 200 horsepower per cylinder. Yeah. It's That's got a whole bunch the electric of, motors. A whole bunch of legit new tech in it. Yeah. And and then they've got electric motors. They've got a big, basically a fat electric motor on each rear wheel. That's it. And then In the total. fronts are driven by the petrol. That's it. And I think they may have one more motor. They I have, think there's one more motor uh, in the middle, it, isn't it? Like pushing power to the front. That's it. And and the total the total horsepower figure and the le- electric sort of hybrid cars. It's a bit difficult to sort of have the total number, 
But I think the, the, t- the horsepower is like 1,800 horsepower yeah. or something like that. So the torque figure is like 4,000 yeah. newton meters of torque. Oh, my goodness. It, it, like at max torque. It's crazy. Stuff. And and it it will do on e-power like 1,000 kilometers. It will do... Uh, in electric only, you can drive up to 320 kilometers. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. Electric only... You can do 200 mile an hour on e-power. E-power. And I don't, I imagine it won't last very long because still the electric range is like 35 miles or something. That, that's, that's still, still enough. That's still pretty legit. And then it's total range of the car. I imagine driving somewhat sensibly on a motorway is a thousand kilometers. Okay. So that's, that's petrol engine combined. Yeah. With the- Cause the petrol engine I imagine is incredibly efficient. Oh yeah. The car weighs 1,850 kilos, yeah. which is is really light when you compare it to other stuff, like a Taycan, 2.4 tonnes. Oh, yeah. when you can, Yeah, considering a Taycan only has electric motors and batteries to hold, this thing has an engine, batteries. It doesn't have big... It doesn't have a ton of batteries, though. Obviously, it's also... It is, yeah, but it's got 1,800 11, kilos. It's got 1,100 I don't think it's that heavy stuff. for yeah, that yeah, No, it's not. It's at not all. at all. How much does a an F12 or an... GTC for less airway. More, definitely. Well, an Quite M- a bit more, I imagine. Well, put it this way, an M5 weighs more. How much does M5 weigh? Two tonnes. Yeah. Like a, I'm talking about an F90 current M5, mm. yeah. And this is this is their chilled out model. Random fact, just... it has heated and cooled cup holders. Yeah, which is cool. <laughs> that's, that's it's, actually, it's, it's actually quite cool. The Americans will love it. <laughs> yeah. They're Starbucks. You've got a big screen in the back, you can... You can watch Netflix and whatever. Yep. The you don't have to slide the seats forwards, the front seats forward to get in the no. back. The door, the door opens just swings vertically like a normal Koenigsegg door, but yep. it's a longer one. And what that means is you can get out of the car. You can get out of that car in a space closer than pretty much any normal road car. Because a normal road, you have to swing the door out and you have to That's squeeze it. through the gap. This the door goes up, so you just step out. Which is brilliant. It's genius. So you, you, you don't have to move the door your won't seat hit the forward. Roof, yeah, exactly. Won't hit the curb. All this stuff, and it looks the nuts. And you can it do it. Looks on the, insane. You can do it on the key as well. It's so cool. It just it's looks. Proper. It's proper. You look at it and you go, "It's a four seater," but it looks like if you didn't tell me it was a four seater and you just zoomed out a bit, I would be like, "Oh, it's just a slightly bigger, crazy hypercar." Yeah. And do you know what it is? Koenigs have basically created two cars, which you almost can't believe. Yeah. And Both that's what them. we need. That's what we need. In and this it was world. so weird because the the Jesco 300 mile an hour is so badass. Yeah, and it has loads of crazy cool st- tech in it. Like it has a gearbox that can immediately switch from seventh to first. Yeah, it weighs. It's like 50 percent lighter than a 458 gearbox, but can handle three times the power or something. You know, it's just sort of crazy mental stats. But then. That wasn't the most interesting car to me. This this four seater yeah, the mega car thing, which no one else gets close to. No one else does anything remotely like that. It then has this crazy engine tech, this free valve technology. Yeah, has no cams, all this sort of stuff that makes a small three cylinder like unbelievable, like unbelievable performance, unbelievably efficient. You look at it and go, "This is the future." That that little engine is the future of cars. Yeah, it'll keep or, us like, going. It'll keep us going like a hybrid like that in pedestrian form Yeah, versus what we have today would be a massive increase yeah. in I, usability, performance, everything. I think, you know, 
obviously everyone's objective and some people might like it some people might not like it aesthetically but let's let's narrow it narrow it down to one okay christian von koenigsegg has sort of saved the petrol heads because now we're living in a world where yeah. by 2035 everything's got to be ev blah 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 and certain cars have to meet emissions regulations well he's managed to show us that look we can make loads of power we can still have a combustion engine and we can still meet the really really strict and hard eu regulations yeah. and this this car can run on a multitude of fuels yes. it doesn't have to run on just like what we conventionally call petrol there's a bunch of like more eco-friendly fuels that exist so e85 i think, I think there um so there's e85 and then there's some other ones yeah and this will run on basically everything yeah um so we can have renewable fuels yep and the complete co2 cycle of the car so the emissions for creating the car and its life cycle are better. I think he was saying it's better than any electric hypercar at the moment. That I can agree. Yeah, because you don't have to have like there's all these batteries and stuff like yeah. literally just tearing up other countries in other parts of the world for yeah. lithium and whatever. And it takes if you buy a Tesla in the I think in the UK at the moment with our power grid, it's something like ten years before it beats a petrol car and yeah and we and we discussed that you know that's for one car yeah well that's a car the, doing a certain amount of miles that's a, year. a certain amount of miles a year well it doesn't include the factors of whether that car gets written off yeah which then ends up being scrapped so what happens to those batteries then and that tends to happen and what happens after cars? 10 years like will that car last another 10 well yeah let's be honest will the battery be sufficient enough yeah. to hold a charge because if it doesn't well the person who'll drive it, it's, it's like the equivalent of a blown engine, isn't it, really? Yeah. You're just going to scrap it. So, no, no, I don't no, it's think like it's taking the... a finance out on your CO2 production. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just... going to use it all now, so I'll make it back in... Yeah, it, it doesn't make much sense. Time. I mean, we could, we could delve battery in deep. Tech, and, yeah. Battery tech, I fully believe, will get there. Yeah, we and, will, yeah. But it's interesting that if you make a petrol engine 50% more efficient than it is now, and I don't know what the difference is with this little petrol engine, but suddenly everything is way more economical, way less emissions, all of this stuff. And you could focus on having light cars. Like, we just need light cars. We do need light cars. And three cylinders is fine. They make cool noises, three cylinders. Three cylinders they sound like sound six cylinders. Yeah, exactly. I've always, oh, whoops. I've always sound, uh, loved the sound of a six cylinder. And these, I think, three because it's a two litre three cylinder, yeah. they're quite beefy cylinders. So apparently they have a bit more of a bassy note yeah, than most normal three yeah. cylinders. Not like a, an I-8 or... Or, yeah. a, or a Fiesta ST. So when I ate Roadster the other day, I still look at them and go, like, that's kind of interesting. But like, who's buying one of them now? Yeah, well, no, no one. No one at all. I, I got to drive one of those a few months back. And um, again, talking about batteries, mm. that had a battery range of 30 miles, right? Yeah. I managed to charge it up, went for a full drive on it. Guess how many miles range? 10? <laughs> Bang on, 10. Just dying. And that's a four-year-old car. Yeah, and are these like plug-in hybrids where you have to charge them up all the time? For real world, that's not practical. No, unless you live in a town and you your commuting yeah. is and, very, and very you have small. some sort of crazy induction pad that you can park your car on. Yeah. So when you get home, it just charges without having to plug it in. 30 miles and then have to chug it, like plug it in when you get there, plug it in back. That's too much faff. I totally understand like the the Prius system, like having a little motor that then generates electricity yeah. that then you use. Because you can make the engine really efficient at just one set of revs almost. Yeah. 
I mean, I we take the piss out of the Prius. I mean, everybody does. Exactly. It's pretty but good. But it's a clever car, really, because you, you know, get a 70 MPG like all the time. Exactly, all the time, and you don't have to worry about faffing about. Yeah, we need. If you're going to do hybrids, look that, at look that at Prius. sort of system. Yeah, I think and it's it works. really good. Right. Normally, well, you've been on this podcast before, so you yes. Know, so I, I normally have five questions, but I'm just going to edit it down to two. Yeah. Um, because ah, no, maybe maybe a couple more because times change and yeah, but things change. First question, five car garage. Oh dear. Go. The new singer. Mm. DLS. Love it. Pretty badass. Just looks awesome. It's cool. That's that's definitely one. Alphaholics. GTA. Mm. I saw they developed a full carbon body for one of these. Yes, I saw pictures of that the the other day. I was like, cool, they're they're onto something. Really again. cool, but <laughs> so expensive. Yeah. Five of these. But crazy. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that's those two. Oh, what what else? What else would I it's have? Daily. What's a daily? Is is this money no object? This is money no object. Oh mate, Phantom Coupe. Oh yeah, so yeah. Still, I think that was the, thing had that last the car. Time. Yeah, yeah. The, these are they haven't changed to be honest, yeah. which is surprising. Got two more slots. You could have a track car, race car, something like that, or classic car. I think it's I, I'd have that reimagined Stratos. You know the one oh, with the four thirty yeah. could rate you with a manual box. <laughs> That's that's the one. So you've got three reima- like reima- reimagined cars. Yeah, but this yeah. is so cool. And the other one would be a touring. 911 touring. Mm. That's it. Yeah. I'm sorted. Done. I'm happy with life. That's it. Good times. It'll probably change next week, but yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, that's the point. Okay, you can only drive one car the rest of your life and you're allowed a £500 banger. For the rest of my life. One car. One car. And you're allowed like a £500 banger to put luggage in if you have to or whatever. One car and a five hundred pound banger. You yeah, say, one yeah. car plus your five hundred pound banger. Uh, still a GT three manual nine hundred one two. Still, yeah, the craziest. Just perfect. Mm. It's not over the top. It's not. It's just right. Yeah, I was going to say my seven series, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but it's not five hundred quid. Um, well, a five hundred quid Clio one eight two because I know you can get them. Yeah, yeah, and that would be your, your that'd banger. Be it. That's it. That'll do me. I'm happy. And I'm just happy to drive other people's cars. Yeah. Can I drive your F40, please? <laughs> right. What no, is the most... Un- yeah, no. Uh, I've just, <laughs> uh, annoyingly, I've just renewed my insurance and they've basically said, oh, only I could drive it now. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is annoying. Previously, other people could drive it. You you couldn't because you're too young. I'm too young. Well, I can't drive many press cars either. Yeah. But, you know, what else? It's, it's not the end of the world. Most undervalued car. What's cheap? Well, we spoke about this at the minute, 720S, I suppose. 130 grand 720S. I mean, that's just banger, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, undervalued car. I don't know. There are quite a few cars. I mean, to be honest, V12 Vantage manual is a properly undervalued car. I know it's still a rather yeah. high value, but 60 grand for a V12 manual. Yeah, it's crazy. Aston. I'm, that's cool. In today's world, 60 grand... I would 100% go out. If you gave me 60 grand, I, that would, I would really that's think the, That's the car I'd grab. Like that. So that's a properly undervalued car. Like, cool. why? It's almost questionable. Why has the market not, you know? I think you get in them and you see, you have to get past the sort of the dash and stuff. Not the normal dash, because most of it's great. Just a little pop-up and all that rubbish, but... Yeah, but it's a lovely interior. It hasn't it's aged a nice badly interior, at all. It's got yeah. the nice LED lighting. Yeah, it doesn't have a yeah, silly digital dash that no, would look weird. No, and it's got the nav, which is completely useless. Cool you just put it down. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, key's worth a grand, full stop. Yeah, crystal key. Don't drop it. <laughs> Do not drop the key. But 
It sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, exactly. In fact, sounds sixty grand. Yeah, sounds a hundred grand. Yeah, it's just, find me another car with an engine that sounds like that. It just sounds absolutely gorgeous. So I think any V twelve Aston is yeah. undervalued. So uh, yeah, if you're watching, buy. But yeah, don't, because we want them to stay cheap until we buy one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, don't, <laughs> do, don't buy them. <laughs> there we go. And final question. Go on. What's the most interesting car? I feel like we've talked about it, to be honest. What, the most interesting car I've ever driven? Or? No, to you at the moment. Googling, mm. watching videos. What, just Googling, watching videos? Yeah, like, what's the that's... most interesting car to you right now? What are you like, that is the most interesting thing I've, this week. Do you know... The Jumeirah's interested me the most. It's, it, it, it really has. Be, it? it has to be. Like, from just... That's the only car that I've really gone... I mean, we've had all the one-off sort of recreational stuff from uh, yeah. Bentley and Aston Martin, which, let's be honest... I mean, fair play to them. If they can sell them and people are buying them, Fine. then, yeah, cool. You know well, what I mean? I don't care. I mean, the Bacalar, you see that? Just don't care. Yeah, exactly. It's a Conti GT with it's, no roof. What, 1.5 million euros? Yeah. Jamira's the same. 1.5 million euros. Oh, and I know it, which one I'd have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> and you've got that Aston Martin Vantage that they stuck a V12 in to make it special. But it's not trying to look like a Sterling Ross SLR. That that's the bit where I cool get annoyed. Thing. With, yeah, uh, the interior I think is probably the night. The McLaren interior is quite good, but no, just it's got no, it's got no windscreen at all. Completely and utterly useless cars, and it's got a turbo V twelve in it, and I just don't care about that yeah, turbo V twelve. Not V12. six liter V twelve, which then brings me back to the whole sixty grand V twelve Vantage. So it's like, yes. you know, yes. this whole marketing strategy. Yeah, we put a V twelve into the Vantage. Well, right. <laughs> Would you want a medal? Yeah. So, yeah. And obviously people are going, oh, why are people flipping out on these cars? Well, you're just, you're, it's not creative, is it? It's not if you can, genius if technology. If you can sell it, fine. But it's not innovative. 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 Oh, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you've got, you've got this company, Koenigsegg, you come up with two, two new-ish, one new, one, like one totally new and one revision of a car. And you just, for me, you look at all of the other guys making cars with that sort of price bracket and go like, just They're go changing home. the world, man. Just go home. Yeah, go home. Bugatti included. Because Bugatti is basically yeah. brute force. They just take the biggest engine. Oh, it's another special edition. It's lost four kilos and it's the track. But it, the track well, edition is over two, two tons. tons. <laughs> <laughs> we sent a bit more power to the rear. Right, so it skids better. Great. Yeah. But it's not really a dynamic car that's like 1,300 kilos with 1,300 horsepower. To the rear wheels. Yeah. To the rear wheels. People forget about that. So, yeah, no, uh, Jamera. Jamera is, um, I salute you, Koenigsegg, man. That's What what an amazing thing. Yeah. Fuck everyone else. (laughs) That's that's it. I think that's that's pretty much a good end. Yeah, brilliant. Koenigsegg, mic drop. That's it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me back. Yeah, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll have me back again. Yeah, I'm in sure, a couple I mean, of years. we'll talk, but I'll get you back on the podcast at some point. Yeah. Lovely. Next season. Next, It's next season. Yeah. What, 2021? Yeah, in like two weeks' time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or a phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. another podcast. All right. Cheers. See Bye. you later. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.